Hey, welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. This is where we talk about the issue the church faces and how the church should respond to those issues. Here we will talk about doctrine, theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to deal with these things. So get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready for the tables to be flipped. Here at Table Flippers, table flipping is what we do. Hello again. Hope you're all doing well. I hope you are enjoying these podcasts. Today I have something that uh, really burns in my heart that I really want to talk about. I've been wanting to talk about. And actually every chance I get when it's appropriate, I talk about these things because it's not only such a needed thing in our world today, our culture, our um, our nation, in our churches, but it's really, a, you might say, a pet peeve of mine, something that weighs really heavy on my heart. And I'm just going to say it. It's the cowardice that has crept into the American church. The cowardice, the fearfulness that's crept into the American church. Now, if you were to talk to most Christians and say, hey, are you a, are you a coward? Is your pastor a coward? Of course, we'd say, well, no, absolutely not. But if we really want to be honest and we get down to the brass tacks, as they would say, just what we saw happening in America with all this so-called pandemic, with the COVID pandemic and the shutdowns and everything, really, that was proof. You know how they say the proof is in the pudding? Well, the pudding was on display and the proof is in the pudding. And when so many churches had shut down and were afraid and pastors would not stand up and speak against these things, we saw what the church really was made of or what our pastors were really made of, what our people were really made out of. And I got to be honest with you, I'm just going to be honest with you, I am absolutely still today, still embarrassed by the actions or should I say inactions of most of our American pastors. Right here in my region, most every church shut down because they were told to. I refused to. I told a group of pastors I refused to to shut down, and I encouraged them to remain open. And every pastor in that room, every one of them, told me I was going to kill people, that I was being disobedient to the Word of God, that I didn't care about the Word of God, that I was breaking a commandment of God, I I was going to murder people. And that was the general consensus of every pastor in that room. And you know what? I'm happy to say in my church, we didn't lose one person to COVID. Two people went to the hospital of it and two people came out of it that were okay. One of those people that went into the hospital had already survived cancer two or three times, uh, uh, had severe diabetes, uh, neuropathy, Uh, an enlarged heart, congestive heart failure, all of these things, and still we were able to pray her through this and get her out of the hospital. And what happened with my church, this is just my own little testimony, what happened with my church, my church was strengthened because of it. It seems like a backbone grew right down the center of the church, and everyone in the church started growing stronger and started getting more vocal and more bold. And even still today, Uh, They're going strong and standing against tyranny that's coming against us at every level. In all of these churches that shut down, you still don't hear anything good coming out of their mouths. Let me read something to you. 2 Timothy verse 1-7 says this, 
For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Some translations say a sound mind. But they all say this, God did not give us a spirit of fear. Well, what's a spirit of fear? A demon? Yes, I get a little passionate about this, and for good reason. I want to read to you out of the Founder's Bible. And you say, well, what's the Founder's Bible? It's the New American Standard Bible that was published by Shiloh Publishing Publishers, LLC, Shiloh Publishers, copyright 2012. And basically what it is, it's a New American Standard Bible with a lot of... uh, Uh, articles and such in there about and from our founding documents, our founding fathers, some of the things they went through and such. And it's a teaching Bible about the history of the United States and, and the roots of the United States of America. It's a great Bible. Please purchase this Bible. It's a big Bible, has so many phenomenal, great writers in there. Um, the, the signature historian is David Barton, and if you know of David Barton, you know that this guy is solid. He knows American history. He knows and how the Bible is truly our foundational document. We look to the Constitution, which we should, but really it was the Bible. And so, anyways, this is a phenomenal Bible. Pick it up. Founder's Bible. I want to read something to you about the American pastors at that time. And this is out of an article in the Bible, page 677 to 679. And the title of this article is The Black Regimen. Other people might know what they're speaking of here as the Black Robed Regimen, but the Black Regimen as it is said here. Now, reading from this article, it says, After the British fought the Americans at Lexington and Concord, they encountered increasing American resistance along the way back to Boston. Significantly, many who awaited them along the road were local pastors, such as Reverend Phillips uh, Payson and the Reverend Benjamin Balk, who had heard of the attack, taken up their own arms, then rallied their congregations to fight the returning British. But pastors from other areas also responded. When word reached Vermont, the Reverend David Avery promptly gathered 20 men and marched towards Boston, recruiting additional troops along the way, and the Reverend Stephen Farrar of New Hampshire led 97 of his parishioners to the scene of danger. A few weeks later, at the Battle of Bunker Hill, American ministers again delved headlong into the fray. When the Reverend David Grosvenor heard that the battle had commenced, he left from his pulpit, rifle in hand, and promptly marched to the scene of action, as did Reverend Jonathan French and the Reverend Joseph Willard raised two full companies and led them to battle. Now, that's just a small portion of this overall article. But as you can see, what was going on at that time when we were fighting for our, uh, fighting against the British for our freedoms, it was the American pastors that were rising up and coming to the call not just as chaplains or working in the medical tents, not just preaching sermons before the battles to encourage the troops, but muskets in hand, gun in hand, going out to the battlefield, getting shot at and shooting at the enemy. These guys were heroes. Now, what a lot of people don't understand about the uh, Revolutionary War period was at the time there was a plague that actually broke out as well. Many people died actually more from the plague than they did from bullets in that war. So we were fighting two fronts, the plague 
Does that sound familiar? And the British, the imposing enemy coming at us. <clears throat> now, the reason I point this out is because here we got this so-called COVID. And what did our pastors do? They certainly didn't rise up and fight against a tyrannical government. They certainly didn't rise up and let their voices be heard. And most of them certainly didn't keep their doors open so that they can pray for the hurting and the broken and the fearful. No, they hid as cowards. They hid as cowards. Before I go on, I want to keep reading because this is really good. Same article of Reverend John Craighead. It is said that he fought and preached alternately. For Reverend Dr. Cooper was captain of a military company. Reverend John Blair Smith, president of Hampton Sydney College, was captain of a cat company that rallied to support the retreating Americans after the Battle of Cowpens. Reverend James Hall commanded a company that armed against Cornwallis. Reverend William Graham rallied his own neighbors to dispute the passage of Rockfish Gap with Tarleton and his British dragoons. So again, all of these, it wasn't just one or two, all of these pastors were rising up and not just getting part of it, like I said, just, you know, serving soup in the kitchen and, and saying, bless you, my brother. They were out on the battlefield fighting and they were, they were awesome fighters. Let me read a little bit more. Mighty men were they of iron nerve, strong hand and unblanched cheek and heart of flame. God needed not reeds shaken by the wind, not men clothed in soft raiment, but heroes of hardihood and lofty courage to be the voice of a new kingdom crying in the wilderness. And such were the sons of the mighty who responded to the divine call. Listen, I don't know what happened to the American preacher. I don't know what happened to the American Christian. I'm asking this question in all sincerity. What has made us so cowardly? Why are we in such fear? We know it's not from God, because if it did come from God, then uh, God's word is no longer valid. But we know this fear, this cowardice is not from God because he didn't give us a spirit of fear. So where did it come from and why are we buying into it so easily? Just because somebody comes and threatens, big deal. Just because somebody comes by and says something, who cares? We got to stand on the word of God. We got to stand strong for our freedom and our principles, not just American principles, that, but that would be enough because they come out of the Bible. But we need to stand upon the freedom that God has given us. And not only for ourselves, but for our church, our family, our futures, the society and culture around us that we are supposed to be leading. And if it came down to shooting bullets, and I pray to God that it doesn't, but who should be the first on the battlefield? You, preacher. You, reverend. You, bishop. You, pastor. You should be the first one on the battlefield. And if the battlefield is now just words, you should still be on the battlefield first. Preaching the truth. Speaking about liberty and telling the powers that be, no, we will not shut down ever again. Romans 8.15 says this, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery leading again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
I want to say something, and it might sound controversial. It shouldn't be controversial based upon the two passages that we've already read and looked at. But pastors, I'm speaking primarily to you, but I'm speaking to all Christians. If you shut down your, your doors or you're in favor of the doors being shut down because of fear of this, this virus, then I'm just going to be honest with you. You might want to go check and just really be honest. I don't even know if you're saved because according to this scripture, if you receive the spirit of adoption, that's another way, a nice way of saying your salvation, where you could cry out, Abba, Father, where you can call God your father. That means you do not have a spirit of slavery that leads to fear. So my point is, if you're in fear, you're afraid of the virus, you're afraid of the mandates, you're afraid of fines, you're afraid of going to jail, you're afraid of making people upset, you're afraid of looking like the weirdo in the, in the culture around you. Well, then you still are under a spirit of slavery. You're in bondage, and that's again, spirit, demon of slavery that leads you to fear, to fear something, to fear somebody, to fear some mandate, to fear some virus, to fear some county or city official. That's slavery. It leads to fear. So if you have fear, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you have fear on that level that causes you to do those types of things, you may want to go run to the altar. Instead of leading an altar call, run to in an altar call, fall down your face, repent of all your sins, including your fear, pastor. Shake it off. Get out of that spirit of slavery and into the Holy Spirit of freedom. And then maybe, just maybe, you'll qualify to lead God's people correctly. And I say that not only to church leaders, but I say that to every Christian. It's time that we come out of our fear. I want to read to you now a letter. I wrote this in May of 2020. And then I sent this letter to, when I say hundreds, at my last count, that was my last count, I sent it to 330 churches, pastors, denominational heads, key leaders in the church all over this country. And that was my last count. I lost count because as I would uh, was able to, I would send it out more, five here, five, 10 there. I emailed it, hard copied it, all of that. And let me read this to you. Now, keep in mind, this went to close to 500 church leaders throughout our nation and denominational heads. It says, hello, pastors, church leaders, and fellow believers. I'm writing this with great anguish of heart. I am completely heartbroken over this COVID-19 pandemic and the pain it has caused America. I'm heavy-hearted because of the deaths, but my heart aches more because of the shutdowns and what it means for us as individuals and a nation. It is true, people have died because of COVID-19, but many more will die and or have their lives ruined because of the way we have handled this outbreak. The thing that breaks my heart the most is watching how the overall church has faced this pandemic and the overreach of government throughout this crisis. This nation was convinced that the only way to flatten the curve of deaths from COVID-19 was to stay home for two weeks. This included no meetings over 250 people, churches included. That number dropped to 50, 50 people, then 10 people, and finally bottomed out at 10, 10 people, but those 10 could only be close family members. The only exception to this was essential workers. 
Of course, to the dictators in government, churches were not essential. So we were told to shut down. The shutdown orders came with threats of arrests and fines. As we watched several churches being raided by police and the pastors of these churches being arrested, many condemned and criticized these pastors for being lawbreakers, unloving, rebellious, etc. Fellow believers and pastors pointed fingers of disgust at these unloving rebels who made a stand. This they did as they shouted, Romans 13. Unloving? Uncaring? Lawbreakers? Hmm. The pastors that stood their ground and refused to bow to these tyrannical mandates from dictatorial officials were found standing alone. This is akin to the citizens in Nazi Germany turning in their neighbors that were hiding Jews from the SS. Keep in mind, rounding up Jews and hauling them off by train to concentration camps was legal at the time. Neighbors turning in neighbors because of the promise of a reward. Where have we heard that recently? We often sit back and wonder how could anyone or any society fall to such low levels? Wonder about this no more. This is happening right here, right now. In his presence, church was ordered to shut down and threatened with arrests and fine, all because a brother in the Lord complained and turned them in to the authorities. During a service, the police came with other officials to shut them down and make sure they vacated the building. This right here in our own backyard. By the way, In His Presence Church is a church here somewhat locally in Southern California. Let me continue. What made us cave so easily when told to close our churches? Many pastors say it was because of Romans 13. They were merely abiding by the law of the land. Law of the land? Closing down a church in America because the governor says so makes it the law of the land? Honestly, I am stunned at how many church leaders quoted Romans 13 and yet never understood the law of our land, the Constitution, with the Bill of Rights. The Constitution is the law of our land. Many were willing to cave in for an illegal mandate put out by ungodly, unrighteous, and un-American politicians. Here is the law of the land as it pertains to freely holding church services. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. That right there is the law of the land. If any politician or government official makes a mandate that overwrites, overshadows, or removes in any way the rights as expressed in this First Amendment, that mandate it is not a law but a suggestion at best. We are to obey the law of the land, not the suggestions of politicians. So I ask again, what made us cave so easily when told to close our churches? I've had several conversations with people that have told me they will never go back to their home church again. These people are disheartened by the way the pastors shut down the church so easily. One lady called her former pastor a coward because he shut the doors of the church when the officials merely suggested they shut down. These church members are angry, hurt, and dis disillusioned by their church leaders because these leaders gave in to fear while calling it compassionate and loving. One lady shot back, love and compassion? What about showing love and compassion to us who need the church to be open? What about the rest of us? 
The sick can stay home where they belong anyway. The rest of us are healthy and need to be back in church. Throughout our history, Americans have faced and overcome many problems. One of the greatest tests of the United States was the Revolutionary War. This war lasted eight years, 1775 through 1783. In 1776, the population of the 13 colonies was around 3 million people. To make this time even more difficult, smallpox broke out and devastated the lives of many. Our founding fathers and the American people were fighting two wars at once. The first war was against the greatest fighting force on the planet, the British Army, and the second war was against an unseen enemy even more deadly than the Brits. During this time period, approximately 50,000 Americans died because of the war and 84,000 died because of smallpox. Combined, 134,000 Americans died during the War of Independence. That's 4.5% of the American population. These brave men and women faced the most horrendous fear and pain and ultimately won both wars. With overwhelming courage, they stood in the face of death and stared that demon down. They ran into the hail of bullets and stood strong as disease ravaged their cities. Fear was all around them and uncertainty had become a normal part of their day. Yet they woke up each morning, dressed themselves in courage and resolve, then faced these challenges and prevailed. This was a defining moment for America. This was a defining moment for those that fought these wars so we could be free. Here in the year 2020, we are faced with a virus that has become our defining moment. Generations to come will feel the effects of the decisions we make today. Will we instill courage? or cowardice, strength or weakness, resolve or retreat. What we instill will become a powerful part of future generations for good or for bad. We have the power to shape the people of this nation for the next century. What they look like depends on what we do right now. Compare the colonial Americans to this present generation of Americans, the early colonists stood against the British army in certain death because they had a vision of a free America. Many fought and died for an idea, a concept called freedom. Even when disease broke out among the ranks, they continued fighting. Today, we are faced with a virus that has killed 101,963 Americans at the time of this writing. The United States has a population of over 330 million people. The COVID-19 virus has killed of the population. Even though each death is a tragedy, each death represents a family in crisis, and each death is a loss of a loved one, how can we compare this to what our fellow Americans faced during the Revolutionary War? When 4.5% of the overall population was dying in battle or of disease, men and women were courageously running towards the destruction for the greater good. Remember, these were the ones that were laying down their lives so we could be free. So, You and I inherited the freedom they died for. We have enjoyed the fruit of their blood. 50,000 out of 3 million gave their life in battle. That's 1.5%. So we could be free. Part of the freedom we enjoy is the freedom to assemble and worship God as we see fit. So what happened? Today we are facing a virus that has killed 0.03% of our population. And long before the virus took 0.03%, three of our population, we were willing to close our churches and stop corporate worship, thus giving away the freedom that others died to establish. Think about that and let it sink in. We gave away what others died to obtain. Young men dying horrible deaths for freedom and we gave it away. Why? 
How could this happen? How could we do this? What happened that made us so fearful? Why did we cave to those pushing the narrative of fear? How could we be so blind as to give up our freedoms? The United States of America was once home of the brave, land of the free, but we have turned from that. We cower in fear and gave up our freedoms. United States of America, home of the fearful, land of the bound, is what it sounds like we've become. This is our time to turn this around. This is our time to make a difference. This is our time to rise up and show the world the United States of America is back on track. We are the home of the brave and the land of the free. It is our time to show the world no one will hold us down. No one will hold us back. It's our time to take our freedoms back. Pastors, it's time to make a stand. It's time to rise up as one man with one voice and shout it loud. You will never take our freedoms again. It's time to open your church, open your business, go to the beach, go to the park, live your life as your founding fathers intended, live your life as God intended. It's time to take back what was stolen. Will you rise and let your voice be heard or will you cower in fear at what you may lose? Will you lead a peaceful revolt now or wait until the bullets start flying? If you don't do something to take back and secure our freedoms today, our children and grandchildren will never know the freedom our generation had taken for granted. Pastor, you are the key that unlocks the door of freedom. Will you rise up and take your place in history? It's time for a revolution and it begins with you. Sincerely, Robert A. Enos, Apostle. Now, again, I sent that out probably close to 500 church leaders, denominational leaders, pastors, etc. And and I, I am it's sad to say I only had one response to this letter that was mailed out literally over 500 times to church leaders all over the nation. One response. And that response was merely pointing out a typo in my letter. One response out of 500 to point out my typing error. I was dumbfounded, not at that one response. I was dumbfounded at how quiet the rest of the church has been, how cowardly. I mean, not only were they hiding behind their rocks, closing the doors to their church, but they shut down even communication. They didn't want anybody even challenging them to rise up and stand up. So I want to end this today's podcast with this. What are you going to do? First, I want to talk to you pastors. What are you going to do? I'm sure your doors are open now, finally. But are you still pushing fear? Are you pushing vaccines? Are you pushing masks? Are you pushing tyranny? If they told you tomorrow to shut down, would you do it again? If so, you're a coward and you don't belong in that pulpit. And I'm asking you graciously to step down and give it, turn it over to somebody who has some courage. Now to the rest of you Christians, what are you going to do? You know what your pastor is like by now. You know what your church is like. You know whether it's a church led by a spirit of the living God with courage, faith, strength, or a church led by the spirit of fear. You know what your pastors did. You know what the elders did. You know what the board did. Did they open up? Did they encourage people to come? Did they pray for you? Did they pray the prayer of faith? Or did they close up? Did you go to church one day and find it was all locked up and closed with a sign? Closed due to COVID. 
If that's you, hey, I'm just going to suggest, this is my suggestion, you do whatever you want. I personally could not ever be in that church again. And I'm. you need to pray about it. Because what you are going to follow, your leadership, whether you like it or not, it's just the way it works. You're under their teaching, you're under their anointing, you're under their preaching. And if you're under them and there's a true spirit of courage, you'll have courage. If there's a spirit of fear, you will be given to fear. And that spirit of fear is not just an attitude, it's a demon. So what are you going to do? Me personally, I'd go find another church. I would just simply go find another church. Something for you to pray about, something for you to think about. But for the rest of you, God bless. Well, all of you, God bless. Have a fantastic day and think about these things. Thank you for joining us here at Table Flippers. I would love to hear from you. You can find my contact information at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Please let us know how we are doing. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments. Have a fantastic day.